How many of you can remember when you first got saved? Can you still remember that? And I was five years old, so I, I'm having a hard time remembering that. That's when I got baptized and my parents came to the Lord, and so I feel like I've been saved my whole life. But some of you can remember when Jesus washed away your sins and cleansed you. Did God pull anybody out of the ditch in this room tonight or online? Did God pull any of you out of the ditch? Did God save you from destroying yourself and destroying your life? No, he saved me many times. I don't. Some people ask me, when did you get saved? I really don't know. He has saved me so many times. I don't mean from my sins. I'm telling you, he saved me from myself. He saved me from my bad decisions. He keeps saving you over and over and over and over again. But if you can think back to when you first found Jesus, do you remember the joy that came into your heart? Do you remember the change that took place? How everything in the world looked different. Well, let me ask you this. How many of you can remember when you got filled with the Holy Ghost? Now, I do remember that. I was eight years old, but I remember that just like it was yesterday. And what I can tell you is I left there as an eight-year-old kid being filled with the Spirit. I left there feeling like I could I could go through a devil's den with a water gun and whip every one of them. I mean, I, I just felt so powerful. I felt so full of God's love and God's strength. And I remembered it was invigorating I love to hear Selma talk about that. She's one of my favorite people, by the way, Selma. And I love to hear Selma give her testimony about being filled with the Holy Ghost. She can tell you when it happened. She can tell you where it happened. And I, every time she tells it, she lights up. You just ask her one day, tell me when you got filled with the Holy Ghost. And she will light up when she tells you. And she'll say, oh, it changed everything. She is one of those testimonies where God pulled her out of the ditch. She's one of those testimonies that has that has a, a, a real story, a hard story behind that salvation and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you still remember the joy that came into your heart when you got filled with the Holy Spirit? Uh, I, you know, Crystal works for me, and Crystal was, was raised in a church that didn't believe that you could be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we'll just leave it there. But she had a great church that taught her the Bible. She learned a lot about the Bible. But you ought to talk to Crystal sometimes about when she discovered that she could be filled with the Holy Ghost. And Crystal, I mean, she, like, she likes to stay full of the Holy Ghost. I mean, she just needs a half of a, of a shove and she's on the floor speaking in tongues. She don't even need much help anymore. It's like all you can do is just kind of wave at her and she goes out, you know, because she just, she loves, she has tapped into something amazing, something wonderful. Don't lose that. Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your passion. Don't lose what you used to have when you couldn't wait to get to church and you couldn't wait to sing a song of Zion. Don't lose what you used to feel when you worshiped, what you used to feel. Do you remember the love that was in your heart for everybody when you got filled with the Holy Ghost? Do you remember the fire and the passion for worship that was in you? Do you remember when people used to come to the altar and tarry in the altars and what, what actually was hours felt like minutes because they did not want to leave the presence of God. Have you ever been in the service where the glory of God comes down and falls in the room and you could say what David said, I could dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't even want to leave this moment because the power and presence of God is so rich and tangible in this room. Don't lose that. And if you ever lose it, start praying for hunger because those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. But don't accept it. Don't get complacent. 
Don't live half empty and think everything is going to be okay. You need the fire. You need the power. You need the joy. You need the peace. There still is victory in Jesus. It's more than an old song. It's something that you can have and live. You can live in Canaan now. You can live in the abundance of the Lord. He wants you to have the joys of the Lord all around you. Don't accept a life of defeat. Don't accept a life of sorrow. And don't accept a life of trouble and think that is all there is to life. I'm telling you, if God is on your side, he can make a way where there is no way. He can turn your mourning into dancing. God, the God that we serve, can turn your sorrows into joy. He can turn your battlefield into a dance floor. You just have to trust God. God in your life and keep your spirit full of the spirit. Now, there's a passage in Matthew 12 that I, I think really speaks a lot to what I'm talking about tonight. So I want to show you that. Jonathan, you'll pull that up because I want them to see the, the, the oil lamp. And I asked Jonathan to use this one because you can see the, the oil line and you can see that the oil is getting low in this. And I want you to see that. Listen to what Matthew 12, and he's actually quoting from the prophet Isaiah. He says, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. Let's talk about that. I couldn't find one made out of a reed, but this does about what I needed to do. So when you weave a basket, this is one long piece that goes around each ring. and Maybe more than one ring. I don't know. I've never woven a basket. But when they made the bamboo baskets, the large baskets they used for heavy things, they would bend a reed, what we would call today a bamboo, they would, or um, someone called it a fishing pole, but it's a bamboo, and they would bend it and let it keep bending, and then, they would, then the next day they'd bend it a little bit more, and the next day they'd bend it a little bit more till it made the full circle. And you had to bend it very slowly if you didn't bend it slowly, it would pinch, and that was called a bruised reed. And what most people did to a bruised reed, because now it's defective, they would throw it away and start bending another bamboo until they made the whole basket. So you have to get each tier ready to go. So you made that bamboo basket by bending and bending and bending and bending until the job was done. And when Jesus says, I know you're going to have rough days. I know you're going to have difficult seasons. This is why I put that verse in there. A bruised reed, I'm not going to throw away. He said, I'm going to keep you, I'm going to keep making the basket with the bend in it. I'm going to keep making the basket. It may not be perfect, but it'll be full. Amen. You know, you need to remind yourself of that. It may not be perfect, but I'm going to fill everything I made. It will be full. It will be useful. It will do everything else another basket will do. Even with a bruise in it, it's still going to do everything else that a basket was intended to do. And then he says this, a smoking flax he will not quench. Now, that is a direct quote about this lamp. So I told you about the, I told you about the, uh, the wick in this menorah. Well, they used a flax wick in these old Jewish lamps. And what would happen with the wick is that the oil ran out. You had to keep filling up the reservoir. And if you ever stopped doing it, the smoking flax or the flax would start smoking. Have you ever 
snuffed out a candle before, what happens? Smoke everywhere, right? That means it's gone out. And what he's saying is that if you don't keep it full of oil, it will eventually go out. But this is what the Lord said. He said, I'm not going to quench the smoking flax. So he's saying that you're about to go out. There's one little flinker. I have a choice. I could pinch it and throw it out, or I can fill up the oil and light it again. And what Jesus is saying is as long as you're hanging in there, I'm going to fill you up as many times as you need to be filled up over and over and over again. So quit telling yourself you're not good enough. Quit telling yourself God doesn't love you anymore. Quit believing all the lies the enemy's throwing your way, telling you that you've messed up and you've gone too far and there's no hope for you. I'm telling you we serve a God that the very elements of this earth obey his commands when the Lord steps on earth, the Bible says the mountains skip like rams and the little hills like lambs and the waves clap their hands when God shows up to this earth. So God is telling you that the problem is you don't need to quit. He doesn't want to throw you away. He wants to fill you back up and light you up again. Imagine what would happen if you got lit up again. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at PO Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. Can you remember a time in your life where you just couldn't, I mean, everything was about God. Everything in your life was just about being walking in the Spirit and, and being full of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord says, that's what I want to do to you again. So unfortunately, what happens to Spirit-filled believers is they get stinky. The oil is gone, and they still try to be spiritual. And what they get is smoky. Have you ever heard of, of a smoke screen? What does a smoke screen do? It hides what's not there. A smoke screen is something that you put to distract people so they can't see what's really behind it. And unfortunately, when we have spirit-filled people that really aren't praying, really aren't in the word, really aren't worshiping, and they really aren't where they need to be, and then they try to be this super spiritual person because of pride, because of the image. They want people to think of them. Listen, every preacher in the world's had to deal with this, including myself, that they want everybody, to, we think nobody can know that I'm tired. Nobody can know that I'm, that I'm, that I'm not, you know, batting a thousand right now. Nick, you, you and Clay, Clay has to preach every Sunday. You have to preach every week in revivals. And there are some weeks you don't want to go. There are some weeks that you're tired and you're struggling and you're in a battle and you got to go. I've told people for years, sometimes you preach by inspiration, sometimes by perspiration. But when Sunday comes, you got to preach and, and, and you got to do it. But what happens is it's okay if you're struggling to give God your best. But what is not okay is when we start inducing something that looks spiritual and isn't. And we start operating in more smoke than fire. And what happens in this oil lamp, the Lord says, I'm not going to throw you out for it, but if you don't get relit and refilled, 
there's an expiration date on this. Until you're, willing to, until you're willing to go back and fall in love again and do your first works over again and get filled up again. So, so don't buy into, I'm saved, sanctified, filled the Holy Ghost, and that's all I need. Thank God that you're all of that. But what you need to understand is i got to stay full of the Holy Ghost. If I want God to do in my life what he's wanting to do in my life, I have to stay full of the Spirit. All right, now, you can't lose your oil because, first of all, your oil is your light and your strength. So remember I told you that you can't see in this room unless you turn on the light first. You can't see the bread. You, you can't see the prayer. You don't know how to pray. You don't know how to worship unless the Holy Spirit is lit up first. So one of the passages that talks about losing oil, it's kind of a long passage, but bear with me. I think I need to read the whole thing, and then I want to explain it to you. All right, so this is Matthew 25. It's called the parable of the ten virgins. Some of you already think, I know where this is going. So let's go ahead and read it. Uh, I'm going to speed read this a little bit. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil. Everybody say no oil. That was the problem. They had a lamp, but they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Why did they take oil? Because they had to fill it up again. They took oil because they knew they needed a refill of the oil. All right, so let's keep going. Those who were wise took, and, and five were wise, five were foolish, starting with verse 4. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all, everybody say all, all of them slumbered and slept. So there's no self-righteousness here. Everybody went to sleep. Everybody thought, well, you know, maybe it'll be next year or the year after that. Or I'll just, you know, eat, drink, and be merry now because I got a little time left. So all of them fell asleep. And at midnight, the cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins with trimmed, all those virgins trimmed their lamps. Notice all 10 of them got up and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are what? Going out. Look at that. Our lamps are going out. We need more oil because we're losing what we had. But the wise answered Sam, no, lest there should not be enough for us, but you go to those who buy and sell and, sell for you and, and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also. Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour which the Son of Man is coming. All right, there's two interpretations of this passage. I'm going to give both of them to you, let you draw your own conclusion. You want to know what I think? I'll tell you if you come and ask me. All right. So there's two versions of this. The first version is the, the, the watching crowd um, the, the first version is the dead church and the watching church. So the first one is people that got saved but didn't stay full of the Spirit and they quit believing in the rapture. And I've heard a lot of people preach this, that people that stopped believing in the rapture did not go in the rapture because they stopped believing in it. Doesn't mean they never believed in it. So they have oil, they have light, but they stopped looking for the bridegroom to come. They didn't believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. 
They did not believe in the rapture of the church, but they still have a lamp and they still believe in Jesus and they're looking for Jesus in some way. They still want to go to the wedding feast, but because they stopped watching for the Lord, the rapture came and they did not go. Okay, so that's one interpretation. You can draw your own conclusion. Here's the second interpretation. The second interpretation is that this represents the lamp of the Bible. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light in my path. So the first interpretation would be all of them had the first lamp, the Old Testament. But the second group, the wise group, also have the New Testament. And the second group does not. So what it means in that interpretation is that we believed in Messiah, but we did not accept Jesus as the Messiah. So some people believe that this is a reference to Jewish people. They say, we have kept Torah, we have kept the feast, we believe in the Old Testament from cover to cover, we've been faithful with the Old Testament, but what we don't buy into is that New Testament thing. We don't buy into Jesus dying on the cross. We don't buy into Jesus coming in a manger. We don't buy into the ascension of Christ. So, so we're not Jesus people, but we're God people, and we're Bible people, but we're only Old Testament Bible people. So that's the second interpretation, right? You believe whichever one you want, but the conclusion is still the same. You can believe either one of those translations, but the bottom line is this, they ran out of oil and it caused them problems. So whether you believe that's, an, that's not enough oil to go in the rapture or not enough oil to, uh, well, to go in the rapture, <laughs> either way, either way they missed the rapture, that's the main point, I guess. Uh, where, however you conclude that you believe one of those, it really doesn't matter which one you believe because both of them have the same problem. They ran out of oil and it cost them a holy moment. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.